Let's talk sports and welcome to the grind. And good Wednesday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner and Mr. Jack Lane as he stepped in for part two of what we've uh, we've put together here as a Lanier great is in studio. And uh, Jack, welcome in. It's it's always fun talking with you, and 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 good to have a second time to talk to you on the air. Absolutely, good to see you guys again. Hey Jack, uh, you you brought some backup with you as uh, as I think in in today's time you have to you gotta you gotta bring backup. Who you got in there with you? Well, I brought my little bodyguard with me this morning. Uh, got him out of bed real early, uh, so I thought I'd bring him along. And I think uh, Robert would probably like his middle name. Uh, his name's Logan Daniel Robbins. That way, and uh, so uh, he's my little grandson. Good-looking kid, Jack. He's a nice boy. He's uh, uh, nine years old. Clayton Bradley student. Yeah, uh, he's a real good student. Yeah, nine and, years uh, old, six foot tall, a couple hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah. No, he's yeah, a big he's, kid. Uh, <laughs> he's over five foot, probably a hundred and twenty pounds. So uh, he's a. Uh, He's a he's a growing boy. Growing boy. As I've got two little boys myself, and I, I call that a large grocery list. Is what that is. Oh, that's, he eats <laughs> a lot of groceries. That's uh. But Logan, welcome in, man. Uh, hope uh, hope you have a good time. Uh, I've heard a lot about Clayton Bradley. Uh, we we actually uh, the first double double that was scored by their basketball team. I actually work with that that young man's dad, and and so we kind of recognized him here. So uh, welcome in. Good morning. There yeah. you go. I was like, they can't see waves, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, hey, we're going to have a really good time talking some old Lanier stories and some really just cool Blunt County things. But, but Jack, since you were here last, I think they got the word. You know, Boone puts the word out. I mean, he'll, he's got these back channels he runs. And uh, you leave here, and it's not a week later. Not that you earned it way back then. But you're listed as a top 50 player, 60 through 90s uh, in Blount County. That's a huge honor, and uh, congratulations. Well, thanks a lot, uh, Wayne. It is quite an honor. Uh, when you consider, you know, the great ones that have come through here, uh, there's a lot of great players come through Blount County that you never hear about. Uh, they, they were some back uh, before I come along that, uh, uh, of course, a lot of the younger people wasn't around back then, but uh, they were some really good people come through uh, the Blunt County system uh, back even before I got involved. Jack, you, you inspired the ones that came later. You inspired me. Do you remember those Sunday afternoons when uh, you were the quarterback for both teams on Lanier Field and all of us little kids were running around trying to score? We were playing tackle, were we not? Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember on one occasion – uh, there was a group come down from, uh, from Maryville and, uh, it was just a bunch of boys come down, wanted to play a little football and they come down there and we was out on the field, throwing the ball around and all this. Well, they wanted to play tackle. And, uh, at that time I had a job and everything. And, uh, I told them, I said, well, it wouldn't be a good idea to play tackle. 
Uh, none of us are in shape. We don't have pads or anything. But they insisted on playing anyway, and uh, one of them got a tooth knocked out. It was laying there on the, on the, on the field. One of them got a, got a broke nose, and uh, one got a dislocated toe. So uh, it was a pretty, pretty brutal affair. <laughs> and then you had to go to work. Yeah. yeah. I tried to talk them out of it because – and a lot of them had jobs. I told them, I said, guys, a lot of us have jobs. We get hurt. Uh, it's going to be a bad, bad situation. And uh, they insisted on playing anyway. So, uh, uh, unbelievably, we played, uh, we played tackle that day and uh, got out without any broken legs or broken arms, but there's a few cuts and bruises. <laughs> Well, I tell you, you know, the reason we, we put together a part two is there was just a lot of stories left on the bone when we when we left the last time. Uh, there was a lot of good stories that you and Boone had had and, and, and that you wanted to cover, and just the fastest hour in Blount County just couldn't hold it. So uh, when we get back in here, let's let's give a little Ronald Whitehead story. I, I think that's a that was a the wasn't that a, a I guess a a hero of yours, right? Ronald uh, <clears throat> Ronald was an inspiration to me. Uh, uh, he, he was my hero back in the day, uh, big boy from up home there, uh, lived over behind me about, oh, three quarters of a mile or so. And, uh, he was, he was just my hero, big, big guy, you know, big fullback. And, uh, man, I tell you what, he was a load, he was a load to stop. And, uh, when I was with Ronald, I felt, I felt seven foot tall and, uh, uh, it's an interesting story about Ronald there. When, when I was young, just really young, I remember uh, I'd get up at daylight and walk through the woods, through the fields and woods, this is getting daylight, over to his house. And uh, I'd be sitting on the side of his bed when he woke up in the morning so uh, I could talk to him about the football game the night before. And... Uh, so I'd be sitting there waiting on him to wake up, and he'd wake up. Then I'd interrogate him on the ball game, how <laughs> how they uh, how he played, if he scored a touchdown, if they won the game, and all that. I'm sure he could have pinched my head off waking him up that early of the morning after a bruising football game. But uh, I was usually there for breakfast too on uh, early on Saturday morning. <laughs> Just trying to just trying to get those pieces of, of history and trying to get that understanding. That's right. you know I th- I think Boone you, you know you can kind of speak to this. I think as 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 technology's kind of gained and and we kind of have a real time view of a lot of things that that hunger sometimes gets lost a little bit because you can you can go online you can see see what somebody scored and the yardage they got the night up. So the fact that that, that that little caveat, that little growth moment that that you're talking about, that's something that that we we kind of miss and don't know we miss. I think. Oh yeah, I, uh, I remember asking Ronald one time. Uh, we were walking along, and I said, uh, I "Remember asking him? I said, Ronald, you think there's a chance that someday I could be half as good as you?" And uh, I don't remember word for word what he said, but. Uh, uh, it was something like, well, it depends on how hard you work at it, right. and uh, that's pretty good advice. And uh, but man, I tell you what, to be in the same uh, league with Ronald Whitehead, uh, man, that that'd be something else. Hey, Jack, uh, two-parter here for you. How big 
how big was Ronald, how tall, and how much did he weigh? And uh, was there any truth to a rumor that he had to have uh, cleats replaced ever so often? Or was that just something passed down? Well, I have I have heard that. You know, I can't can't verify it, but I've heard a lot of people talk about uh, about that. He, uh, I know he was an awful big boy. I, I'm not sure about his weight and height. He was. Uh, I figure Ronald was five foot eleven, probably weighed two hundred and ten, something like that. Uh, big, big rugged guy. You know, to see him, to see him, he looked like a football player. He had, uh, he had that full back nose. You know, that flat, <laughs> that nose, and uh, it's like uh, whether it started there or ended up there. You don't right, know, but yeah, he it had. Uh, you know, he's the big, broad-shouldered guy, the deep-chested. Uh, the little waist, uh, the big thighs and legs. He uh, he was the prototypical fullback, especially in uh, in uh, civil uh, the uh, single wing uh, system that we run in there. That's that's and outstanding. You know what's you know what's fun about this? We got Logan in here, and I said before internet. Logan doesn't know about before internet. My little boys are in that same boat. I'm sitting here, and I'm like, he so. Logan, at some, at one point, the only way you got stats was out of the paper, <laughs> or or talking mouth to mouth, or talking ear ear voice. So uh, that's just that's that's crazy that the transitions come that way. And 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 Logan, you like hearing you like hearing Granddad's stories. Yes, basically all the time. Well, I, it sounds like he's got a lot of them to give. So that's that's pretty awesome. But glad to have you in here. Uh, what about the uh, first touchdown versus Alcoa? That was another story we was going to dig into uh, last time and ran out of time. Yeah, uh, that was – I think that was my freshman year. Uh, we were playing out at Alcoa, and uh, we wasn't moving the ball very well. It was three and out, three and out, you know. So uh, uh, coach come over, and, and he called me up and told me to get in there. Of course, I'd never been in a, a real – uh, high school game, you know, live action. And uh, so he called me up there and told me to, to get in there. I never will forget it. Told me, get in there and run your 46, your, uh, uh, your shift right 46 play. That's an off-tackle play uh, with the tailback off of the strong side. And they said, be sure and tell your uh, blocking back to clear that linebacker over there. Get him out of the hole. And uh, and then he said, when he does, get up in the hole quick and see if you can make something happen. And so uh, naturally, I was scared to death being 14 years old. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I said, yes, sir. Run out on the field there, and the guys was all big eyed. They saw me coming. You know, I know they thought, oh no, here comes a disaster. Here's a 14 year old, never played in the game before, and uh, on offense and. Uh, so uh, I called the play, and fortunately was uh, able to execute it, I think, properly. Uh, I run my three steps to the right, and then it's a sharp cut back in off tackle. And as it worked out, our, uh, our blocking back got a beautiful block on, uh, on their linebacker, uh, cleared him out of the hole, and I made a cut right past him. And uh, once I broke into the secondary, I knew then – if I could, uh, if I could beat them to the sideline, that uh, that sideline was mine, and I could take it home, and sure enough, uh, I got to the sideline, and their defensive backs couldn't catch me. So uh, it's a long run. It's about a 50-yard touchdown run, and oh, wow. uh, you know, I thought, uh, 
I thought I was dreaming. I thought, my goodness. And uh, then, then when I got to the end zone, uh, they called me back out. And I went the sideline. The coach didn't – he didn't pat me on the head or, uh, you know, didn't say anything encouraging or anything. <laughs> so uh, I just went over and had a seat, and I thought uh, – I thought, well, I'll probably get to play the rest of the game at tailback, you know. But I never saw the field again <laughs> the rest of the game in uh, on offense. And uh, I thought, well, I don't know what his thinking is on that, but I guess he knows best. And the uh, crowd got after him a little bit. They started going on, you know, making a lot of noise. And uh, so he got a little agitated with that. He turned around and walked over the fence. And I remember him hollering out at our our fans, you know. He pointed, made a gesture to the fans, <laughs> and he said, uh, "He said, you all take care of that over there." He said, "I'll take care of this over here." <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, oh. that was the end of my game on the on offense. And uh, I don't know. Uh, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't big on uh, congratulations, you know. He didn't go on a lot. If you'd done something, uh, if you'd done something that you thought was pretty good, that deserved a pat on the back, you know, you didn't necessarily get it. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't real free with uh, with stuff like that. Kind of a no news is good news right. kind of guy. I guess he expected as you do that stuff, and uh, uh, I guess he was disappointed if you didn't. I tell you, and Boone, you can probably speak to this because you you've coached a lot of a lot of really really good players, and I, I learned from one of my good buddies who 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 had a really good career at our high school and and stuff like that. I said, when you got in early, did you did you know you were going to be good? Like, did you just kind of feel it? He goes, well, he said, well, I think you're when you're 14, you're pretty bullet like you feel like you're untouchable. But he said, I ain't going to lie. He said, those first few snaps, I was just trying to run real hard so they didn't hit me. He said, because them were some big boys, and I was just trying to get on by them. And, uh, and he was a, a speedy little guy, so he was able to do that. Was is there? How does that mindset work? I guess when you got in there, was it part just to execute the play, but was there a little bit of, those guys are big? Well, <laughs> I, was, I was confident as far as my ability went. I was confident. I knew I could uh, – I've always thought, well, I can do anything that anybody else can do. Right. That's kind of my way of looking at it. But, uh, but you know, being that young, I was intimidated a little bit. You know, the guys were a lot of them are a lot bigger than I was. I weighed 185 or 90 pounds, I guess, at that time. And uh, uh, but uh, I was intimidated. But once uh, once I got that first score under my belt, then uh, then that seemed to boost my confidence even more. And uh, then uh, I got to thinking, well, this this is not that tough yeah. after all. You know, they're uh, uh, a lot bigger people than I am. A lot of them are, but uh, you know, I guess I guess if you're scared, you can outrun about anybody. They can still, yeah, they still got to catch you, right? Right. But but I think that's what they talk about: the game slowing down. I, I think as you play, things things start to slow down a little bit, and then you you kind of see the move before it happens. So that that's really cool. I mean. You don't get much better than that, Boone. First out, score touchdown. I mean, it's it's all all downhill from there, right? <laughs> right. It was uh, you know, against a good opponent. You know, uh, alcohol was really, of course, they were tough back then, just like they are now. Was there who was on those teams? Well, you had. Uh, I don't think uh, Albert Albert come along uh, right about that time. 
they had uh, they had some really good players though I remember that they had uh, Chester Cochran was was an outstanding he was an outstanding running back and you had uh, Steve Cobble oh wow uh, I've heard that they, they were loaded Al Cole had a I mean they were they were stacked especially in the backfield you know you had uh, of course Albert's like me he was just a kid uh, but uh, they were loaded. They had a bunch of good linemen. Uh, they were big. They were fast. They had uh, they had Vernon Hill. Vernon may be uh, well if he's not the best defensive player to ever come out of Blunt County. He would have to be. He'd have to be in the conversation. He was a big, lanky guy, and uh, as a funny, funny story on him. I remember. Uh, I remember one time we were in that game. We were playing Alcoa. We had it third and about third and about three, something like that. So we went to our bread uh, bread and butter play, which was at forty six off tackle uh, to the right side, strong side over there. And uh, Vernon was playing on that strong side defensive end over there. Big tall guy. He was big, big rangy guy, real tough. And uh, so. Uh, my brother's assignment, my brother Ray was playing, uh, he was playing on that right side, and his assignment was to uh, kick Vernon to the outside uh, on that particular play. And uh, so uh, he got a good block on Vernon, just rolled him up, so I cut back up in there and picked up first down plus four or five more yards. And uh, so uh, uh, later on in the game, we got in the same situation. We had uh, – we had it. Uh, we had it third and a couple of yards again, and uh, so naturally you think about, well, I go back to my bread and butter, and uh, we'll run that 46 play and pick up our first down. Well, that time we run the we run the 46 play, and uh, there come my brother like a windmill and hit me right in the chest, <laughs> and <laughs> they throwed us. They throwed us for a loss. We didn't get our first down, and it's Vernon Hill. And uh, I tell you what, you didn't uh, you didn't want to make him mad. Uh, if you made him mad, he's liable to hurt you. Oh no! I bet you that was a long ride home. You was like, it was your fault. No, it was your fault. <laughs> hey Jack, your your story was uh, Coach Irwin, the first story, right? Right. And uh, did you have an affectionate name for him? Something uh, to the tune of uh, Possum Ears. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we referred to the coach as uh, as possum ears. Uh, I don't really, I don't know. I guess it's kind of like people calling George Jones the possum. But uh, there there was just a kick to saying little private things to build a bond, the teamwork. But it was always behind their back, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. I don't I don't remember anybody calling him possum ears. You know, to his face. That'd be rough. I mean, it sounds like he was a <laughs> he's a tough customer too. So. Oh, but uh, but guys, let's get to a break. We're we're about a third the way through, and we'll listen to these fine sponsors, and we'll come back and talk a little bit more. We've got some Lee Gardner field goal kicking and some Coach Rutherford conversation to have on the other side of the break. But it's myself, Boone, Jack Lane, Blunt County Great, and Big Man Logan Roberts in studio talking a little bit of sports here on a Wednesday edition. But we'll take a break. Listen to these great sponsors. We'll be back. You don't want to miss it.
hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948. Or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. During the Safer at Home order, Knox Area Rescue Ministries has continued to provide a home to those without one. It's shown why CARM is an essential business in our community. CARM Stores was recently designated as an essential business as well. CARM Stores, thank you for your previous support and are excited to announce the reopening of donation centers and stores. As we resume receiving your generous donations, we recognize that business might not be completely as usual. We will continue to monitor guidelines from local officials and practice safe social distancing recommendations. We appreciate your continued support of Knox Area Rescue Ministries and CARM stores as we remain dedicated to serving the homeless, needy, and vulnerable during this time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. A company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with. And I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007. Or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Got golf? IguaniFarmsGolf.com 970-7132 Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us 
on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner, Jack Lane, and Logan Robbins here in studio. Hey, guys, we've had some really good Lanier stories, really good Jack Lane stories. But, Logan, we was talking at the break. You go to Clayton Bradley School, right? Clayton Bradley, uh, I guess elementary school or is it middle? Uh, It is really all for three. It's for elementary and middle share the same campus but uh-huh. high school they're building something new for them so it'll be easier for them to not have to walk over all the way <laughs> to the elementary and middle school building i hear you my, my little boys they, they went to maryville christian school for a little while and it's a it's kind of a k-12 thing and that was uh i was there kind of visiting during a class change that was a full hallway is what that was i was like I don't know that I, I'm I'm exceeding capacity. I'm not I'm not small enough to be be right here. But but what about some uh, what about Clayton Bradley? I was trying to talk to you about academics, what your favorite subject was, and I hear you just kind of breeze right on through. You're you're picking it up, putting it down. Spanish at nine years old is that is that correct? Yes. So you what's your like is that you, you said you really didn't have like a favorite and and that that you had all these specials what's bobcat buddies i meant to ask you off air but i'll ask you on air um bobcat buddies is where at our school we have a younger or an older buddy that we meet up with every wednesday of a week unless they're doing something that we can't be you know, we can't have Bobcat Buddies on that day. And we basically do an activity where with our Bobcat Buddy, if sometimes you'll have one or two and you'll just do an activity for the day and then you'll say goodbye to them and then oh. you'll see them next week. Kind of just a friend building thing. See, yeah. I was co- totally on the other side of it. I was like, you're nine years old and get to play with excavating equipment? What like where was I at when I thought you got to play with a bobcat? I was like, that's cool. But anyway, anyway, so Logan, uh, nine years old and you're up at five a.m. this morning. Is that is that normal wake up time for Mr. Robbins? No, I would say not. Hey, but he's a trooper, man. He's been in here, been talking. Uh, he's not asleep in the corner. He's here. He's here listening. So I really appreciate you being in here, man. Yeah, it's really cool to be in here for my first time. Hey, maybe not the last time, though. We'll, we'll keep you in here. But, Jack, uh, a few more stories to talk. Talk about Mr. James Green, uh, injury allowed. Yeah, James was uh, – he was uh, – uh, when I was a freshman, I think James was a senior. Uh, he was an awful good tailback. Uh, 
And uh, but he got his foot broke there his senior year, and uh, that allowed me to step in and uh, and start the rest of the year as a freshman. And uh, old James had some bad luck there. He's a really good player, and it was a shame that he missed out the rest of the year with that uh, with that ankle. An awful good guy, an awful good football player. Yeah, I hate to see anybody close out their uh, career by with an injury, but. Uh, you know, football's a rough sport. Well, and, and I think I think when things happen, you know, that gives people opportunity. It's kind of that – I think that next man up mentality kind of it, – it's like a mantra now. You know, you can put it on a T-shirt. But it's really – it is that deal. It gives that opportunity for it for a Jack Lane to step in there and have the success you did because I would think you would probably agree that freshman year really led to those two years leading the state. I mean, you, you don't get there without that first year. Right. It uh, – it boosted my confidence more than anything, you know, being a freshman and being out there with all the juniors and seniors, uh, sophomores, you know, uh, and actually holding your own with them and everything. It, uh, it did boost my, uh, confidence a lot. And, uh, and, uh, I finally got into the, and it's probably the wrong way to look at it. I, I thought every time I touched the ball, it ought to be a touchdown, and that's about all I concentrated on was, it was you know, scoring, just taking it to the house. And uh, I, I'm not sure that's the right way to look at it, but uh, if I had to do it over again, I'd probably change my style a little bit. Uh, I'd be more of a north and south type runner like my hero, uh, Ronald Whitehead, was. Uh, Ronald and Mac Hall, some of the others. Uh, that wasn't quite as fast, but they were powerful backs. And uh, I'd probably, you'd see uh, a little less of this cutting and hurdling and uh, all this stuff that the spectators like to see. I'd probably change it around a little bit and do less of that and, uh, and just be uh, more of a power type runner. And uh, so I'd probably change it around a little bit if I had to do over. Especially after watching Earl Campbell play a little bit after you did hey jack my brother old old daniel boone uh he said you're gonna have to talk jack into telling some of course coach Irwin's in the blunt county hall of fame your other coach coach george rutherford also a blunt county hall of famer uh you got any stories about him uh i had him in class wonderful story teacher uh, did he uh was it true he broke a bone or was was that uh, just something I heard? No, he uh, he got hurt out there one day, and of course it was a little before my time. Uh, but I was big enough to to you know to pick up on the on the talk around the team and everything, and I followed him pretty closely. It's somewhere around 1959 or 1960, right in there somewhere. Uh, he was uh, they were practicing one evening, and uh, Coach Rutherford wasn't too thrilled with the way they was executing their uh, their end sweep and uh, he kept uh, emphasizing they wasn't doing it right and uh, kept chewing on them but uh, he said well he said I'll just carry the ball myself and uh, and I'll show you how it's supposed to be done and uh, of course you know no pads no anything he told the the players that uh, uh it was live action, you know, not to worry about it. Uh, just, uh, just act like it, uh, that he was some one of the players. So he ran the play uh, without pads or, or without anything. And uh, 
he got out there and, and tried the corner and he, he got hit uh he got hit knocked out of bounds and there's three or four of them hit him good solid lick knocked him out of bounds and broke his leg oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so uh he was uh heroic and uh you know trying to show him how to do it right but uh he kind of had to pay a price for it. <laughs> I tell you, yeah, I think that uh, that that ten feet tall and bulletproof goes into coaching. <laughs> and right? I think yeah, it really does. It's a uh, he's he had a Toby Keith moment. He wasn't as good as he once was, but he's as good once as, as he, he ever, ever was. was. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's uh, I've heard so many stories of that of of coaches doing that, and then all of a sudden, like you know, firing off and and hitting, and then all of a sudden their forehead's bleeding, or or they get knocked back and. What just happened? You know, it's a it's a moment to where you're like, not in Kansas anymore, but at the same time, you knew that something needed to be fixed, and and you were getting there. Hey, right. Jack, the perfect uh, line that he could have replied was, uh, "Whoever the running back was, turn around, and say you've got this position so messed up, nobody can run it." <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think the tailback was uh, Richard Lee, and. Uh, Richard was a he was a good guy. I mean, he was a good player. I heard him, uh, I heard him refer to him a time or two as a creeping Jesus. I'm not, uh, I'm not sure about that term. I, I don't know uh, uh, whether that's uh, complimentary or, or what. But uh, I heard him refer to to him as a creeping Jesus. I guess uh, he was extremely fast. I guess maybe it had something to do with his speed, but. Uh, Somehow or another, they didn't like the way he was turning the corner out there, and uh, Coach Rutherford uh, was going to illustrate the way to do it properly. Going to tune it up, tune it up. Well, he, he tuned all right. <laughs> but uh, what about Coach Rutherford in a swimming pool? Well, one day uh, I'd been out of school, I guess, uh, three or four years, and he called me one time and asked me if I had uh, some kind of a document, some kind of a – newspaper document and i uh, told him yeah that i did and he wanted to know if, uh, if i could uh, bring it by his house and, and let him read it and i said yeah i'd be glad to so uh i took it out there that day and i remember uh walking up and ringing the doorbell and uh his wife come to the door evelyn a real sweet woman uh she was i think she was a whitehead before she married uh, coach rutherford but uh, always a real sweet woman. I always liked her a lot. And uh, but she came to the door, and um, I talked to her a minute. I stood and talked to her for a minute, and uh, then I asked um, uh, where Coach Rutherford was, and she said, "Well, he's out back digging the swimming pool." And I I think to myself, well, you know, he's got some heavy equipment around there, bobcat or backhoe or something, digging the digging the pool. So I went ahead and walked around behind the house, and there he stood down in a hole about waist deep, and he was digging it by hand. And uh, <laughs> it was, uh, wasn't was a real small pool either. It was, uh, looked like it was probably maybe 10 or 12 foot wide, maybe 14 foot long, and uh, one end of it was, uh, I think he said one end of it was going to be 12 foot deep. And, uh, and he was... Uh, you know, he wasn't a young uh, young guy at that time. He was, uh, I don't know, he's probably 60 years old, maybe older than that. But uh, he had dirt piled up. It looked like a bomb crater there where he'd, he'd been down in there digging. And I said, 
I said, Coach, what in the world are you doing? And uh, he said, well, I'm digging, a, digging me a pool. And I said, well, where's your, uh, where's your equipment? And he pointed to his shovel and said, right there. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, but he actually, uh, he actually finished the pool off. And as uh, far as I know, uh, ever who lives there today is probably still using that pool. Wow. I ain't gonna lie. I didn't. I don't know that I ever thought you could dig twelve foot deep around here by hand. Well, that's all. Uh, it didn't look like very loose dirt either. It's kind of an old red, uh, red clay looking dirt. And uh, I tell you what, that's that's a job I wouldn't want to undertake. That uh, that looked like a pretty mean job to me. I believe I'd rather get. I'd rather take the hit out of bounds and break my leg. I just, yeah. I, I just be honest. Well, with you. I asked him. I said, Coach, uh, why didn't you? Uh, why well, you rent you a bobcat? He said, oh, it costs too much money. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, that's a line that you hear a lot, Boone. But, but Boone, another story that, that we, we didn't get to last time, Lee Gardner, uh, his field goal kicking ability. You, you got some stories there about Lee? Yeah, I was down there uh, one day. Uh, I happened to be down there, watched him practice one day. Of course, I was just a little guy, this small. I was probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years old, something like that, and uh I remember the players left the field. All of them left, but uh, Lee Allen Gardner, and uh, he stayed on the field. And uh, I was standing along the fence there watching him, and he kicked he kicked field goals barefooted. And uh, I, you know, he was teeing the ball up on the fifty yard line and uh, kicking field goals uh, barefoot. And uh, he was kicking them. I watched him kick eleven straight before he missed one from 50 yards from the 50 yard line now that was uh that would have been 60 yards in the air and they were going well through the uprights it probably it probably been good another five or six yards back and uh tell you what lee allen gardner was quite an athlete he uh he may be the best athlete to uh come along down there in years uh a big boy who played tackle on the football team, and he was a big guy, and uh, he was very quick to be a to be a big man like that. And uh, I don't see how he kept from breaking his toes, but uh, man, he could he could give it a ride. Now, was that the was he a front footed kicker? You know, nowadays there's all these different styles, and you side foot and all this soccer style and all that. Was he was he the one step and go right. guy? He was a straight ahead kicker, and. Uh, yeah, he got he got uh, extremely. Uh, he got a lot of height on his kicks. Uh, it seems like they they went really high, and uh, man, he had the distance. He could uh, very accurate too. I saw his wife uh, here a while back. Saw him and his wife at a reunion, and uh, was talking to him. And I asked Lee's uh, asked his wife. I said, "Did uh, Lee ever tell you about kicking those eleven? field goals at 50 yard line without missing one and she said oh yeah said every day since we've been married <laughs> <laughs> so he keeps reminding his wife he he hit 11 before he finally missed one he missed the 12th one it looked like it was wide to the right about a foot so uh man i tell you he i'm was, always i've always wondered where barefooted kicking like why that was a thing like wh- what what about your barefoot would you know what? I'm really not getting anything on this with this hard-toed shoe. Let's let's try just skin. Let's just go wide open. I 
I don't know. I, I just never been brave enough to try it. One and then two, I'm like, I don't know that work. And then two eleven in a row. I bet you his foot was cherry red. Yeah, uh, obviously it worked for Lee, but uh, I don't. Uh, I don't think that would work for me. I think my I think my toes would give up on about the first or second. <laughs> He's got some strong joints. Hey Jack, we heard a lot about that defense. Uh, a lot was about uh, your offense, the, the other uh, offensive teammates, but we've had people in here and they've talked about the importance of linebackers. Can you go over those linebackers that were so awesome when you played? Uh, I think y'all y'all ran like a 5-3 look. Right, yeah. We had uh, our linebackers were, uh, I tell you what, they, if there was a better set of linebackers in the state of Tennessee, I, I'd like to see them. Uh, those three guys right there were, uh, were they were – Headhunters, you take uh, you take old Vernon Daly, uh, big old boy. Uh, he had an attitude about him. Uh, and Dwight Satterfield in the in the middle there. Dwight was a ferocious ferocious hitter. And then you had uh, Red Bible out there on the other side. He's a big boy. If uh, if you saw him, a lot of a lot of the other teams when they saw him in warm ups down. The other end of the field. I'm sure they was intimidated by looking at him because uh, he was. Uh, he looked a lot like I guess Dick Butkus or somebody out there in his uniform. He, massive legs, uh, huge legs, uh, big shoulders. Uh, just uh, you know, he was what you'd want a football player, a linebacker to look like. Uh, all three of them were. And uh, man, I tell you what, now it's uh, they could be nasty and. Uh, uh, they could really, uh, when the opposing team, uh, when the running back ducked up into the hole, uh, he was usually met. Uh, he he was usually met pretty pretty hard. Hey Jack, uh, Verl and Sue Heron, really good friends of mine. Of course, I played with their son Mike. And the first story I ever heard told about you was uh, from Sue Heron. She said something to the effect of uh, Red Bible intercepted a ball and he got caught up and to the moment of it and was actually running the wrong way and she said jack had to run 20 yards get his attention run him down and turn him around do you do you recall that moment in the yeah uh, i remember that remember it very well it's a, it's a championship <laughs> game actually against uh against wallen uh we were playing at at lanier and uh, we'd pretty well bottled them up there they wasn't uh, you know getting anything much on the ground so uh they started passing and uh so they threw a pass uh kind of across the middle and uh i had a good i had a good angle on it and and could have easily picked it off myself but uh red who was playing his back behind me he had a little better angle and uh he hollered, he hollered, Oski, as he cut in front of the guy. You know, that's a term we use to alert our teammates that we're picking one off. Well, he cut, uh, he undercut the guy and picked it off. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I'll pick up a block for him here on the, on the run back, you know. So I found me, I was looking for somebody to block, and I thought, well, now he should have come around by now. And, uh, <laughs> where and, is he? <laughs> And uh, but but he hadn't he hadn't come around and I thought well well where is he and I turned around and looked behind me and and he was chugging the other way <laughs> and uh, I thought oh no and uh, so 
I took after him and, and run him down on about the 20-yard line, and I was hollering the whole way, Red, turn around, turn around. And uh, <laughs> he turned. He, he finally realized what, was, what he had done, and he turned around and uh, got plastered, you know. His couple of them flattened him around about the 20-yard line. And uh, it really did upset him, uh, you know. He thought he'd let the team down. Naturally, he was upset. And he threw up out there on the field. He was just all, he was a wreck over it. I was trying to console him by telling him that, uh, you know, at least we got the ball back, you know. Uh, that's what their intentions was at the beginning. So uh, for him not to worry about it, I tried to, you know, get him back in a better humor. And uh, But anyway, it, it worked out okay. And uh, what he said, what, what caused the problem was, well, this changed end, ends the field at the end of the half or end of the quarter. And uh, by changing the end of the field, that, uh, you know, it confused him. And, uh, and he explained to me that uh, changing the ends of the field, you know, confused him on which direction we were supposed to be heading. And uh, it, could, it could happen. I mean, oh, things yeah. like that happen, you know. It wasn't anything, wasn't anything bad. He... Uh, he had a, a nervous stomach. Uh, usually, in their pregame pep talk with the coaches, he'd step outside and throw up. Uh, he was <laughs> so norm- nervous. Just normally. He was, it was just normal for him. And uh, he, uh, he had a nervous stomach. But once, usually once he got settled down, uh, he was a, a very effective linebacker. And he played in the backfield. Uh, played blocking back, outstanding blocker. Uh, he was tough, you know, running the ball too, and uh, very, very intelligent guy. He was he was sharp. He went to uh, went to UT, in uh, uh, but but you know I've been rattled in football games uh, a lot of times myself, especially when I was younger. I, I know what it's like to make a mistake, and uh, and I made a few of them. Uh, I actually made more than a few, I guess, and. Uh, but uh, I got reminded of it when I got to the sideline, usually by <laughs> one of the coaches. Yeah. Right. Those are the things they 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 let you know about. The good things, maybe not so much. But when it's a negative, they'll they'll quickly adjust. Uh, they usually point get... stuff out to you pretty quick. <laughs> right on that side of things. But let's uh let's take our last break of the day. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we're gonna finish up what's been a part two of Jack Lane on the grind on a Wednesday edition. Let's take a break. Listen to these great sponsors. We'll be back. You're listening, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be back. You don't want to miss it.
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Getting America on its feet again will require work. Tough work. Rule King believes that work done right starts with workwear done better, like Ariat. Ariat is like you. Tough, determined, and tested. Ariat's groundbreaker wide square toe boot is just $119.99, and the Work Hog Patriot work boot is just $189.99. Try out the complete selection of Ariat workwear and boots at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blount County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42SD. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42SD.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. At the Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges, and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media but if you say i don't like social media but i like podcasts we've got those too you can download the grind podcast on apple podcast and google play music directly from the website it's a one-stop shop 
for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner, Jack Lane, and Logan Robbins in studio talking a little sports here on a Wednesday edition. Guys, it's been, you know, we don't call it the fastest hour in Blount County for anything because I swear you look down, you look up, and it's 6.50, and you got to kind of be kind of tuning it down. But, uh, but Jack, a lot of great stories. Talking about Coach Rutherford, Coach Irwin, talking about Mr. Gardner, uh, Mr. Green, all these different guys that, that are Lanier legends or Blunt County legends, and, and not only in, in this circle, but, I mean, they're, they're in the Hall of Fame. A lot of those guys are. Uh, really appreciate you coming in, sharing those stories. Uh, but, but on the list was kind of that finale, like that, that, that season ending or that, that career uh, situation that kind of uh, thwarted a little bit of, of Jack Lane's athletic career. What, what, what did that look like? How did that, that come to be? Well, uh, what happened was it was uh, I was with a couple of buddies of mine. We were riding up uh, toward uh, actually pretty close to the hospital there, if you're familiar with where uh, the old Fort Craig School stood there. I know, and, right there on Washington. Now, right, right? Yeah. and uh, where Lamar Street comes down kind of from the right side, we were heading in the direction of the, the hospital, and uh, – this guy uh, that I was with, uh, David Townsend, was uh, driving the car, and uh, David Reagan was uh, riding in the shotgun position over against the door, and I was in the back seat. And uh, David Townsend had just bought a brand-new Chevelle. It was a uh, 66 Chevrolet Chevelle, four-speed. It was a 396, 375-horsepower engine. Uh, had 180 miles on it. It was brand new. Oh, and, wow. And uh, he, uh, uh, he wasn't one of these guys that was a hot rodder. He wasn't out here uh, burning rubber or speed or anything like that. And uh, we stopped at the red light right there at uh, uh, where Sevierville Road turns off. It would turn off to the left. Uh, but we were sitting at the red light there, and, we took off up the hill, and uh, about halfway up through there, I saw this truck coming down off Lamar Street there to the right. It was a Blunt County uh, Farmers Co-op truck. It was a fuel truck. It was loaded. I think it had, I don't know, 15, somebody said it had 15,000 gallons on, on board. I don't know uh, uh, if it was that much or not, but somebody told me, 15,000 gallon, but uh, it come down from the right side and, and intuition or something just told me that that truck was going to run the, run the stop sign. And uh, I told David, of course I was sitting about midway in the back seat, and I told uh, David Townsend, he was driving, and I said, David, something just told me that truck was going to run that sign up there. 
I told him, I said, David, that truck's fixed. He's going to run that stop sign up there. You better be careful getting that outside lane. He said, no, he's got plenty of room to stop. I said, he'll be fine. Well, we got up there, and the guy didn't even touch his brakes. He come through that stop sign and just blasted us right in the door, caved the side of the car in, and it, uh, it slung. I saw the impact coming, and I fell face down into the, into the seat and grabbed onto the seat, actually, held onto it because I knew it was going to be a terrific impact. Mm. And when he hit us, it, the, the impact was so violent, it jerked, uh, it pulled the seat loose from the floor with me still holding the seat, and it slung me in the seat across into the wreckage. Uh, the uh, front of the truck was sitting over all about midways of the car, I guess. Uh, it was it was well into the passenger's compartment. And uh, uh, naturally, it knocked me out momentarily, but when I come to, I noticed the driver, David Townsend, was hung out the 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 uh, window on the on the uh, driver's side, and uh, David uh, Reagan was slumped forward, and uh, they seemed to be unconscious. And uh, I reached up and got uh, David Reagan by the back of the shirt and pulled him back against the seat. And his head just fell limp back over the seat. Well, naturally, I thought it broke his neck, you know. And uh, uh, David Townsend, he was unresponsive, you know, and saying, and I could see I was bleeding, you know, pretty bad. Uh, and and I remember, I remember the hushed sound of of the people, uh, you know, running to the car and everything. So. Uh, but uh, that pretty well ended it for me. Uh, piece of steel through the right eyeball, like uh, mm. like just a centimeter or so going into the brain. They they tell me the doctors. So, but uh, anyway, that's pretty much the end of it for me. I tell you, there's a, there's something to be said about that that intuition. There there's something to be said there. And and, and again, in in a lot of those cases, those older cars that that could have been maybe maybe a worse situation like you said a centimeter away uh but but sports was always you know that was was taken so again a horrific accident that that ended what was a great career and, and again a career that, that we're still talking about uh these years later so again jack thanks for sharing uh, a lot of great stories to be shared and 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 honestly like we talked about at the break i, I don't know that that we're still not we don't still have some things that could be unfolded but but we've got about a minute to go here on the top, and I want to I want to kind of speak to our special guest a little bit more, Mr. Logan Robbins. Uh, we we talked a little bit at the break. I, I gave him warning that I was going to do this. This is a fan driven, fan perspective radio station or radio show anyway, and and we want to know who are you a fan of? Who's your favorite athlete? Let's start. What's your favorite sport? My favorite sport would have to be football. Good choice. Good choice. Never going to go wrong there. What about your favorite athlete? Who would you say? And, and and there's only one guy that's off the table. Tom Brady, you can't say that. No, I'm just kidding. You can say, who, <laughs> you can say whoever you want. Uh, Peyton Manning has been inspiring and also my grandfather. Hey, absolutely. Look at that. He's an amazing player and – Seeing him in the Blount County Hall of Fame and being in the same blood as him, it's 
been really inspiring for me to play football. Boone, it doesn't get any better than that. Well said, Logan. Absolutely. Logan just earned a lifetime ticket to be on the grind anytime you want, man. But, uh, hey, Jack, thanks for coming in. Logan, you're always welcome, and thanks for getting up early. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on.